Hi, what's going on, everybody? It is Isabello, host of the Can of Thoughts podcast. I'm with my great friend, David Cohen. David is the founder of All Colors, One Love. And uh, David, would you mind telling us a bit about the All Colors, One Love? Yes. Um, All Colors, One Love. The name says it all. We want to have um, love and understanding and bring unity for everyone. This racism, the hate, has gone on way too long. And it's amazing to me, after all these years, that we're still, we've just gone around in circles. And um, before I check out of here, I always said things were gonna be different in my lifetime, back when I was a kid in the 60s. And here we are 60 years later, and it's very disappointing. It's the same nonsense, the same foolishness, and none of it makes any sense. And after this George Floyd incident, I just said I cannot be on the sidelines anymore. And um, so now it's time for me to uh, do everything I can to get everyone as much as possible involved to make this world a better place. And David, as a child of the 60s, yes. uh, you grew up in, in Georgia, in Atlanta. Right? Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. The mecca of the civil rights movement that here we are today on Martin Luther King's birthday. And one of the things I'm most proud about is that was Martin Luther King's hometown. So being from Atlanta in the 60s, it made racism and social awareness front and center. And he was always my role model. And um, him and Muhammad Ali, the greatest entertainer, sports entertainer of our time with a big wink in the eye. Now, David, you did mention the uh, some of the fallacies you noticed as a child. You're a Jewish kid growing up in Atlanta, Georgia. And you see all these white folks, they grow up with their mammies who raise them and they love their mammies. <laughs> However, when they step outside, there's still all these prejudicial sentiments. It makes no sense, right? Just shows you how hypocritical people can be. And the reason why they love their maid or the mammies or whatever you want to call them, their housekeeper, was because their housekeeper, their maid, or mammy, mammy, that was the only black person they knew. So of course they loved them, but they hated everything else. So what type of sense does that make? And I remember in elementary school, um, went to an all-white elementary school and the other kids would use that N-word, I would tell them to shut up. I just didn't like it. I just didn't like the sound of it, like did not like what it represented. And, it, and they really didn't even mean it because if people communicate, um, they would love each other. And I will, not to jump the shark, but it's a funny thing when Damar um, Hamlin from the Buffalo Bills got hurt the other night. The one good thing about it, all of a sudden it didn't matter. If you were part of the human race, you had nothing but love for him. So why do we have to take a tragedy to happen for people to put love and represent love every day? So with All Colors, One Love, uh, what is your mission? You're, you're connecting the police force and the children together. So you're having a lot of disenfranchised children in the inner cities. They're doing sporting events. They're interacting with the Santa Monica Police Department. And what's your mission with that? Right, my mission is this. It's real simple. 
It's not it's not just the police force. It's for everyone. When the when George Floyd happened, and then right after that, it was a snowball effect. People of color were getting shot, killed all over the country. Um, people start saying defund the police. I don't believe in defunding the police. What I believe in is building a better relationship between police and community. And, and you do that through communication, building a bond of friendship. And I don't want all you to be afraid of the police because the majority of the police are good. But we do need to build a bond and we do need to all pull together. And that way when someone is in a compromising situation, the police will look at them, instead of trying to lock them up, will say, let me take you home for the night. And, and we just need to build that bond and we don't want the community to be afraid of the police. And uh, there was a story, there was the homecoming queen who was a black girl, and she invited you to be her escort to, to the prom. And they called you all kinds of racial things. They called you an Edward lover and all this other stuff. Craziness. Crazy. Yeah, that was a powerful moment in my in my life. It would help, you know, shape my. You know, things will happen in your life, and you can um, will help you know mold you to who you are. Um, my first year of high school, I was president of my class, but I was the biggest phony there was, and really disliked it. Felt like I had to say hi to everybody, people that I didn't even care about. But. Um, the next year, our black grade queen asked me to be her, her escort for the homecoming. And of course, um, you, know, pe you know, people were silly. You know, all of a sudden, I'm an in-lover and just craziness. And, you know, it hurt. Went to bed with tears in my eyes at night. Used to listen to Sinatra, that song, My Way, and that's life. But through that pain, I felt strength. And that's what happens. It taught me to be true to myself, that when I get to my deathbed, when you're true to yourself, you can live life with no regrets. And that's being on the mountain. When you're on the mountaintop, which Martin Luther King talks about, doesn't matter what people think. What, what matters is to be true to yourself, be true to your core. Because when you're not, you're in the valley when you're worrying about perception. And then that, in this way, when I get on my deathbed, I can say I, I did everything I wanted to do. And uh, that life lesson has stayed with me throughout my life. So, uh, yeah, life is a learning experience. So with All Colors, One Love, uh, can we see, well, how are you spreading the message out there? Well, <clears throat> we started off this past year at the Boards and Girls Club in Santa Monica. And, you know, that's just to lay the foundation. But that's just the beginning. And, you know, you have to have content. You have to build on things. This late spring of 23, we want to do a street festival. It's in the plans in Santa Monica. And we're looking to get all the community, communities involved. We're looking to get all the communities going to, to the communities, from Watts to Beverly Hills to Santa Monica, all over to the, you know, Culver City where the lowriders are, and asking what All Colors, One Love means to them and, and get their meaning of it. 
because everyone, when you break down the front, everyone is in support of that. No one is really in support of hate. And once we put that together, then we're looking to have a, a street festival for everyone. And this will make us strong with the city. And once we do this in Los Angeles, we want to do this throughout our country. Because we want to bring out the best in people and not the worst in people. And what's happened over the past six years, we've let one person to bring out the worst in people. Uh, you've also discussed strategic partnerships with uh, other organizations like the Pico Youth and Family Center. Yes. They've been around for over 20 years. Uh, Oscar De La Torre, he is, who's actually on the podcast as well, discussing education. Uh, but he and uh, his team at the Pico Youth and Family Center have recently discussed uh, a bunch of activities between uh, All Colors One Love and their organization to help more kids out, to spread the message of love. Uh, also, we're spreading the message with some apparel. David, can you show us your, uh, your hoodie? This is the front, this is the back. We have a lot of assorted designs. Um, naturally, we want people to wear it. I get compliments, I wear it every day. People always come up to me, love your message. And so eventually we get there. But that's not the focal point right now. The focal point is, I guess, to get the street festival, get some sponsors behind our project. And, um, and just build the program, spread the word. Um, yeah, it's all about being 100% in to bring people together. Well, that's a good point. Uh, so, you also mentioned since with the Boys and Girls Club, you're doing a lot of athletic programs for the children. You had mentioned, you reached out to the Portland Trailblazers as well as uh, a couple other teams, correct? Yes. And, Yes. Yeah, we reach out to Portland Trailblazers. But one thing, we reach out to a lot of NBA teams, and everybody loves the concept. There's nothing not to love about it. But one thing that I've learned is we're going to stay locally first. And we'll be reaching back to the Clippers, the Lakers, all the professional teams, to everyone. No one is going to say, oh, man, we don't like what you're doing. Everyone likes what you're doing. But it's about working together, um, you know, just working together with different sponsors. And, you know, everything's a snowball effect. Everything has to start off somewhere. And, um, you know, whether or not to, you know, when you want to make the world a better place, that's what it's all about. And, and you know, one good thing about Trump, what he has done, he's brought out the awareness that we need to put it in high gear to get involved and make this world a better place. Because you can go back to the beginning, and I look at old movies, The Black Legion, 1937, with Humphrey Bogart. They had the same thing back then with racism, and immigrants taking over the white man's job. 1937, here we are close to 90 years later. Are you kidding me? We can do so much better. Now, you had mentioned before uh, well, for example, the rap. So you told me a story. There was this training back in the '80s, 
where it taught you how to see people as they are. Yeah, it was a, a program I took back in 83 called Life Spring up in New York City. And it was about, it's a higher consciousness course. And, you know, like I said, there were certain moments in your, in your life that really makes a difference. But this one exercise we did really made a difference in my life because the, the trainer had all of us, it was up 200 kids in the room. And um, to, so this exercise, we all had to look across from each other, look at each other's in the eyes. If you vote one, you look away from the person. And if you vote two, you look at them in the eyes. If you vote three, you shake their hands. And if you vote four, you give them a big hug. So when they try, I say, oh man, this is gonna be easy. You know, I'm gonna do three and uh, shake everybody's hands. And the good looking girls, I'm gonna vote four and give them a big hug. <laughs> I said, this is a layup. But you know, it was all, it was like being mechanical. But the trainer keeps talking to you. And he kept saying, how many people are really looking in those eyes? What do you see when you look in those eyes? Really dig, look in those eyes, what do you see? All of a sudden I kicked myself when the hit myself on the thigh. I said, come on, David, show up. Don't go through the motions. Really look in those eyes. And right after that, saw giving everyone hugs. Good looking people, ugly people, fat people, people snot running down their nose. Didn't matter. When I looked in those eyes, I just saw someone that wanted to love and be loved. Saw giving everyone a hug. And how does that make a difference? When you see that homeless person in there, instead of just not paying attention, look in their eyes. Look at everyone in their eyes. Wherever you go, 7-Eleven, wherever you are, that person wants to be loved, just like you do. And you can look at people in a different way. So just like in high school, that moment made a significant difference in my life. And the last thing I want to add to that it was 200 white people in the room, wealthy white people from Long Island. And, it, and the trainer was a black guy. And it was kind of reminded me of Cindy Portier from Tesoro with Love. And initially, all these white people said, you know, who does this guy, who does he think he is talking to us like that? I never said that, I didn't make judgment. But by the fourth day, everybody came around and loved the guy. Kind of like in Tesoro with Love. But at the end of it, when I said my goodbyes to him, I went up to him, I said, I just really want you to know you really made a difference in my life. And, um, and, and I will never forget you. And he says to me, okay. He didn't say thank you, he just said okay. And that kind of stunned me for a second. And then I realized it wasn't about thank you, it was, he was good either way. So I looked at him, you know, cause I thought I was gonna ask him for his phone number, but it wasn't about a phone number. I just said, maybe I see you walking down the street sometime. And we gave each other a hug and that was it. And so the lesson there was be in the moment and just be glad you had that moment. And a lot of people nowadays, they're 
stuck in uh, social media. They're not really having a conversation with people. Now, my point with this is, I mean, I'm, I'm in my 30s right now. And I'm also biracial, a mixed race, uh, mixed race person in the United States. And the way I grew up, yes, I faced a lot of prejudicial things, you know, with being mixed and people saying all kinds of things. But I've always seen people as who they are, not race, creed, sexuality, whatever else. I see people as they are. And with all colors, when love, we're telling the message that you can see people for who they are, similar to that life spring exercise. Because at the end of the day, we're all Americans or wherever you're from, but we're human beings, part of the human tribe. And you want to have peace and, and you know, uh, you want to have amicable discourse without violence, otherwise there's chaos. And Dave had mentioned to me that uh, with the way things are going, everybody's so, they're cannibalizing each other. That's not a way to preserve our democracy, is it? No, I mean, listen, I mean, it's real simple. Um, people make it complicated. But the road, that, the path that we're on right now is unsustainable. And it has no, no meat behind it, no substance. It, it's, it's all fluff. It's a bunch of blowhards. And what we need now, like I said before, I don't want to be redundant, but... We need, we need to get involved and create the world that you want the world to be and look at people in the eyes and connect with them and it's nice to be nice and it only makes your life richer so one day at a time one in a reaction at a time will make the world better but all this other crazy nonsense it's all nonsense and we gotta you know take action and, and not reaction and, and this is for everyone because we're all part of the human race and everyone believes it and now it's time for us to live it. Right. And you had mentioned before Dave that race, racism and bigotry is a sickness. Now there was yeah. a, a scientific study uh, done with, uh, right, with rice. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you viewers you may have read this before. There was three cups of rice and there's one cup where there are positive affirmations spoken to this rice bowl. The second cup, there is negative uh, uh, comments spoken. The third cup, uh, nothing was done. So, with the, with the cup of rice with the positive affirmations, it became golden. With the negative affirmations, that cup of rice, it became rotten and dark and it was not good. The last cup of rice, nothing changed. But this is a point of uh, affirmations and uh, with what you say comes to pass. Now, as far as mindset, if, you're, if your heart is full of bigotry, it's negative. So what do you think that's gonna do to you? Now, the scientific study, let's go back to the rice. It says right there that what you say actually has a tangible effect on people. So if David and I were having a good conversation, we're good friends, you know, it's positive. But if you live your life, and you have all these negative connotations and all these nasty things being said or thoughts about people. What do you think that does to you or to other people? So what do you think it does to children when they hear all this bigotry spewed to them? How does that affect them developmentally? How does that turn them into adults? What does that do to their, uh, to their household and to their greater community? So the message of love, in all colors one love, 
is out of necessity. It's only natural. We want things to be good for everybody, right, Dave? Well, absolutely. But let me just say this to you, kind of wrapping this up and just to be candid because I don't want to bore you. But I was never a student. I always come from the heart. And, and, and to me, that's most important. So coming from the heart, what we have today, racism is a cancer. And we have to cure the cancer. We cannot put a Band-Aid on the cancer. And a lot of things are sound bites, studies. I'm not interested in studies. I come from the gut. We're going to cure the cancer in this uh, long-term process. It's one day at a time process. And it's like, when I say one day at a time, you know, like Pete Rose, he was, um, he was king of the base hits. So we want to take a base hit every day and cure this cancer and make the world a better place. And um, I look forward to coming at you again. And you'll be hearing from us again. We're going to be doing some great things. Excuse me, but before we get, um, before we say goodbye, I just want to show you a, a quick story that happened to me just a few days ago. I went into the Starbucks in the Hollywood Hills the other morning, and I ordered my coffee, and um, I saw this beautiful black girl had a great spirit, and I said to her, I said, man, you really have a great spirit. She says, thank you. And I said, are you the manager here? And she says, no, but I've worked here for a long time. I said, did you know a guy named Paul Mooney? She said, that's my dad. I said, oh my God. I said, one of my best buddies, Brian, and your dad had coffee here every morning. And he always, he loved your dad. And I sure wish I were, I met him because I know that I would love him too. She says, well, I do love him and thank you. And um, so the reason why I'm telling you this story, it's just when you look at people in the eyes and you can just feel them and don't go through the motions, it's amazing what you can create. And that inner reaction really lit up my day. So try it, use it, and it will just enrich your life.